here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Robin McCarron. Should we begin with the puking, or should we begin with the topics that will change the face of WWE forever? Jeff Hawkins. We are not here to talk about Curtis Hughes. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Nobody's listening for hockey talk. Good is not good when better is expected. Vin Scully. Rob and I are back after a week and a half, reunited, and it feels so good. Raw has me flustered and gobsmacked, and Rob will work me through that as we preview Clash of Champions. SmackDown to me is pretty darn interesting, but this week was its time to suffer in the ratings. Are you concerned? Maybe. And we go back and watch Mr. Perfect versus Bret Hart for the Intercontinental title from SummerSlam 1991 on our Top 100 match. Here to celebrate Earth, Wind, and Fire Day, remembering the 21st night of September, Rob McCarron. Now, Rob... You are a baseball fan. Are you a Vin Scully guy or are you kind of more of a Jack Buck guy back in the day? What's your deal? I love Vin Scully. I've fallen in love with Vin Scully since I moved out to Los Angeles. I didn't like, I mean, all I knew of him before I moved out here was he would occasionally be on like golf on NBC Mm -hmm. because, you know, we didn't get a lot of baseball on the radio, to be honest with you. But uh, I've fallen in love with Vin and this is his last week broadcasting because he's not doing postseason. Right. Yeah, it's coming towards an end. I love Vin Scully. Uh, I fell in love with Vin Scully when I first started getting MLB at bat and MLB TV. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I would watch Dodgers games because it was much easier to watch West Coast teams, uh, you know, nightly versus the games that started at seven. So I'd watch the 10 o'clock games and I was watching a lot of Angels, watching a lot of Dodgers. And basically last year, I pretty much followed just the Dodgers because I was wanting to listen to Vin Scully. And whenever I couldn't... uh, you know, whenever the uh, Major League Baseball channel uh, would MLB Network, when they would show a Dodgers game and it was not the Dodgers feed with Vin Scully, I got a little upset. Rage mm. started to fill me. Want to listen to Vin Scully. And we talk about, you know, missing Vin Scully. Uh, the match that we have today, Kurt Hennig and Bret Hart, uh, it just made me miss Kurt Hennig all over again, too. Because I we miss the simplicity of gorilla monsoons commentary as well yeah yeah and uh and this match that we're gonna get into this bret hart and mr perfect match made me miss uh kurt hennig again yeah it also yeah. it also i mean this was a pretty simplistic match for a lot of it and it builds to the finish and then the finish happens well, we'll talk about that but mm-hmm. uh i i love kurt hennig i miss him kurt hennig to me just screamed like like there are a lot of comparisons with dolph ziggler i think um you know, and mostly it's because of the beach blonde hair and the look. They look somewhat similar, but they the are ramen two, noodle hair. Yeah. yeah, but they are two <laughs> completely different people. Yeah, I always the, the missed opportunity to me in WWF back in the day was when Heenan was uh, managing perfect. But it was right after that point where he had also been managing Rick Rude and the Brain Busters. And you're kind of like, man, there's a foursome for a stable right there. God, you know, because Rude and Hennig were always so connected anyways. That was another thing, too. I was, uh, you know, someone, I think it was Mr. Lariato. I don't know. Uh, I, you know, the new Senor Lariato uh, Mm -hmm. name as he was banned from Twitter for a short time for posting all these GIFs. Someone posted a GIF of Rick Rude selling a back body drop into, uh, a uh, a reverse atomic drop. Yeah. And I'm like, I was mesmerized by this Rick Rude gif of just selling those two moves. And I'm thinking about, all, oh, all it's j- all jelly legged and everything. Jelly legged. Yeah. And it looks like he can't move his back at all. And he's just struck mm-hmm. like he's an 80 year old man walking in the ring. And it's just classic. And I'm looking at this Rick Rude gif for minutes on minutes on minutes on end. And then we have this Kurt Hennig match. And I don't know what it is. 
these two guys just look like dudes. And you had Rick Rude, who was pretty flamboyant in a lot of instances, still look like this just tough dude that if you walked into a bar, you're not going to fuck with this guy. And Kurt Hennig looked like a guy who was going to shoot, take you down and just rub your face into the ground until you cried. And, Mm -hmm. And, 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 and these, these guys are great. These guys are great. This is Mr. Perfect's last great match, I think. Last great match, which is sad because he wrestled for 13 more years. Uh, you know. Well, off and on. Off and on, yeah, but <laughs> off, he was... He although, was a, you know what, that that flare match we had was pretty darn good. So, yeah, there was you a know flare what? match I, in there. I, uh, you know, he didn't do anything in WWE when he went there. He didn't really do anything in NWA TNA when he went there. But the WCW run, he was wrestling a lot. He was wrestling sometimes two times a week. Uh, they just weren't anything special, but I loved... Uh, you know, I first got to know Kurt Hennig in his WCW run. I didn't know anything about him from the WWF because, again, I, j- I didn't start watching wrestling yet. And all I knew of Kurt Hennig for a short time was the WCW stuff. And okay. I, I still I, liked I, him I then. The, I, see, I had the advantage of knowing him from the AWA as kind of a white meat baby face right. who didn't feel. But it was like, well, he's not really anything that special. And then this Mr. Perfect character came along and it was just like, Wow. It all came together with that packaging and the vignettes and everything. Yeah, it, it, Kurt Hennig vignettes was a cool to get dude. guys over. Vignettes Gosh, get, who? What, what a, about what about this? What a uh, novel concept. Yeah, what about this? Uh, we talk about you know the cruiserweight classic was last week. Rich Krejci filled in uh, for me on the post show with you talking all things cruiserweight classic. Uh, really mm-hmm. enjoyable show. I mean, obviously T.J. Perkins, the new cruiserweight champion, the first ever cruiserweight champion according to WWE now. Um, and you talk about that show and the question was, and you asked this on Twitter and it got a varying degree of responses. Why didn't WWE promote more the individuals of the cruiserweight division than the cruiserweight division itself? Because yes, the cruiserweight division is new to raw. It is, it is going to bring interest in itself. But you you probably should be highlighting some personalities within that division. If you were bringing in the heavyweight division, would you be, you know, talking about, oh, the heavyweights are coming, but not mention a heavyweight by name or not show a vignette for a heavyweight on television? Uh, They did a lot of promotion online, and that is where this audience really is coming from. It's coming from online. Whether you watch the WWE Cruiserweight Classic, whether you go and peruse WWE YouTube, that is where you're seeing the personality vignettes. But you did not see those on Raw. You saw 30-second clips of the Cruiserweights are coming and a highlight video package from the Cruiserweight Classic, but you didn't see individual names. And you mentioned that on, on Twitter, and I know you, you were getting responses, people showing you video clips of personality pieces, not understanding that the point was show them on Raw, not show them online, which we know is what they were doing. Uh, how do you think they handled it on Monday with the Cruiserweights? And... You know, I I like the cruiserweight match itself, and yes, things could have been better. I don't think it was poor presentation, uh, but it certainly wasn't all that and a bag of chips. I think it was as close to as bad as you could get without being bad. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I I, I think for this I, for this main roster mm-hmm. stuff, you have to condition the audience. That's what the WWE has done so well for many years with various stars. Before we got into this whole three hour thing, is is you you wait a couple weeks, you give the vignettes on these personalities, you let people know who they're supposed to cheer for, who the guys are to watch, who the stars are, and then you introduce them. They had to work uphill. For, for a number of different reasons on this match, and they eventually won them over when they started doing high spots. But before that, I mean, you had Foley basically giving this terrible promo about their size, which is automatically going to turn a certain demographic off. And the reading from the to, cue cards didn't help either, because it, if your general no. manager doesn't know who any of these guys are, why should we? Exactly. And then they brought these four guys in cold. And they had to work uphill from there. And I just thought, gosh, you know what, guy? And and the audience reflected that. And then they started about halfway through the match, started doing high spots, and they won the crowd over, which yeah. is good on them. And they will. I disagree and they will. a little bit. Yeah, they will. Don't get me wrong. But I also just, you know, not having TJ Perkins on the show was dumb as well. I, I just thought that was a bad move. You have three plus hours, get them on there somehow. If it's not on commentary, have them do a face off to plug the match on Sunday, for God's sakes. I, I, you know, 
And for me, this isn't a negative per se, but I thought out of the four guys in that match, I thought Brian Kendrick was the one you shouldn't put in this match hmm. right now. Interesting. Let I, me explain. I thought he, because yeah, because I think he the, was the best option. He's the best option in terms of you can beat him. I get that part of it. I think a lot of people go, well, this connects the story. I'm like, no, you're doing, no, you're doing the Rob thing where you're, where you're, you're fantasy booking in your head that it connects to the raw story right now. I mean, you bring him in as a wily veteran after you've introduced this division. I think you need something a little more exciting and a little more aerial to reintroduce this as a new rebooted division. And I'm not sure. This is where it's not being cynical. I'm really not sure what the thinking was behind the Kendrick put in this match. If it's that you can beat him, great. If it's the cynical, he's a guy who used to be on the main roster, people know. I I just, I don't think I, that that is yeah, the I, way to reintroduce the division. You, you hear what I'm saying here? Oh, I'm yeah. not being no, I down on it. I, I understand what you're saying. Where I would say is it's a mixture of both of those things where, yes, he's a guy you can beat. TJ Perkins can get a strong win in his mm -hmm. first night uh, since he wasn't on Raw, his first night on the main roster at the pay-per-view. He can get a strong win against Brian Kendrick against the name people know. So, hey, it looks better for TJ Perkins. And then also you have Cedric Alexander, you have Rich Swan, and you have uh, Graham Metalik. Those are three guys that are going to be there for the long haul that you can start to condition the fans on. And they can be much better served being challengers and important figures down the line rather than being pushed right out of the gate and getting a loss to TJ Perkins. Uh, I just think because it's so early on, I think Kendrick's the right guy for now. But those three guys are going to be more important in the long run. Okay. No, I, and I'm fine with that. I, I The other thing that kind of gave me a bit of pause was having a four-way to start with because then it becomes, this is, this is almost TNA X Division-like. Where you're not really... It's Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor. They crowned their first champion with a four-way. Yeah, but it misses the the point of the whole Cruiserweight Classic thing, which built the stories through one-on-one -on -one con confrontations. I mean, yeah, the main roster's different, but at the same time, you're missing what made it popular. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, could it have been done better? Yeah, most everything can yes. be. But I, I, I mean, don't go. Raw, I don't go too negative out of the cruise. Has, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. This whole raw has me confused, anyways, from from <laughs> logical standpoint. I mean, everything from confused. this women's triple threat to yeah. the Kevin Owens, Seth mm -hmm. Rollins thing. But, but yes, this. Look, I'm not being negative on it. I'm, I'm just. It, it it's another thing that kind of vexed me watching it. I'm like, what? they're they're they 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 know the game plan for success. Why are they going against it? But, you know. I, I do enjoy that they're here, uh, that we're going to see yes. some fresh faces, that we're going to see uh, not necessarily a whole new style, because that four-way wasn't that different than what you'll see in WWE four-ways. It wasn't much different than that Miz, Cesaro, Owens, and Sami Zayn four-way. Uh, yes. Both were yes. great. Both were fantastic. Uh, but you'll start seeing more WWE-ized style, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I like the four-way match itself. I like the result because I like Kendrick versus Perkins. And uh, I think it built, it bodes well for the future of the division that you can build Rich Swan, Cedric Alexander, Graham Metalik, and whoever else may show up. Jack Gallagher, whoever else may show up in that division, uh, you have time to build them up. Uh, what's interesting now with the cruiserweight division, though, is it will be it will be treated probably to one segment a week on Raw, maybe two, but I don't think that division is going to all of a sudden come in and get two distinct storylines for the division. I mean, we're going to have the title storyline, whatever's going on there. And that's probably it, right? I mean, are they going to give more than just one segment a week to the cruiserweight division at this point? I don't think so. I don't think until they prove themselves, they'll do that much like they did with the women. You'll probably, you know what? You may get terrible stables of cruiserweights. You may get the, what they did with the divas revolution. We could. I hope not. I hope not. Cause, cause oh, we'll just do trios like yeah. Lucha Libre style. And that's I why not. I think waiting for the long haul and not trying to, you know, bash right. the division after one yeah. week, because let's yeah. face it, the, the Divas revolution took a few months to get going and then it really got good, especially heading into WrestleMania. It really got good. Uh, you also had AJ Styles. Look at AJ Styles. No one was clamoring yeah. down to, you know, uh, everyone wanted AJ Styles to get pushed more or have bigger, stronger wins, but it took him several months to really get going and become the big name that he is now. And everything's fine. I mean, here we are seven months later and really 
what AJ Styles did in February and March didn't ultimately matter. And he's the top dog on SmackDown. So I, you know, give this cruiserweight division time. They'll they'll tweak it probably. They'll figure out what they really want to do. Uh, but you have three hours of Raw to mess around with and play around with. I I have good thoughts going into uh, week one, even though it may not have been the best way they can do it. I'm positive on the cruiserweight division coming out of this. And I'm also, okay. it also looks like I'm 100% wrong that Sami Zayn is ever going to be a part of this. <laughs> Although I think Neville will be. Neville will be, yeah, probably. Neville, uh, maybe they trade for Callisto. Isn't that interesting? We had this last week. Jack Swagger was all of a sudden a free agent and goes to SmackDown. You have The Miz, who may have had the most hyped, while at the same time least hyped, free agency period in WWE (laughs) history, completely taking place on Twitter and not on television. You had The Miz, who was a free agent, and all of a sudden just quietly signs back with SmackDown, even though he hates the SmackDown GM, Daniel Bryan, and he's the Intercontinental Champion, probably, probably would have earned a bidding war in his favor. Uh, we're doing this already. We're doing this free agent trade uh, stuff going on. Could we see more of it? Could we see a Cesaro, a Callisto, someone who's not a big deal on their brand right now, make the switch here in the coming months? I think there's a possibility that they give Cesaro the option of fighting for a title and he goes after the Intercontinental title and ends up on SmackDown. So I he, think there's a chance. Hey, that. that is a good thought because Mick Foley has promised him a championship opportunity, but not uh, a specific championship. So if Cesaro mm-hmm. says, you promised me a championship opportunity. I want the Intercontinental champion or I want the WWE world champion. I want a champion that's on a different brand. Like how he would, wants to be on the show with his buddy. Yeah. He's already cut those promos. That, so yeah, that is interesting. That is interesting that they've kept this championship opportunity thing pretty vague. Cause at first it seemed like it was going to be for a world title shot. And I think they, now they it's mentioned kind of that they mentioned that on week two and then they dropped it. Again. Yeah. They, they dropped it. And now it's just a championship opportunity. That's, that's very interesting. Uh, but we'll, so today's show, uh, this week's show, we have a pay-per-view on Sunday. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. we have WWE Clash of Champions. It is happening uh, sort of in my neck of the woods in Indianapolis, Indiana, at the Conseco, uh, whatever, the Banker's Life Fieldhouse, I believe it is called now. Uh, so it's happening in Indianapolis, uh, this pay-per-view on Sunday, where your main event is Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. Uh, very interesting single-branded pay-per-view, uh, like Backlash. Backlash was very interesting. I'm very interested in this uh, Clash of Champions pay-per-view. It's funny going in because I think I was more hyped for Backlash than I am for this pay-per-view, this Clash of Champions, even though Backlash was completely a one-match show. Odd, I'm having thoughts that it's going to be kind of the opposite of Backlash, where on paper you kind of went, eh, and it over-delivered. I think this one looks great on paper and it will under-deliver in some ways because I think they're going to get too caught up in story as opposed to having great matches. So yeah. you're going to get a lot of schmas finishes and dqs or interference and roll-ups and but that Kendrick let's go Perkins into this match, let's that, go into this because i i got some i got some ranting to do you, let's do this you have ranting before we get to jeff's ranting uh we have this <laughs> we have this pay-per-view we're going to uh preview here we have kurt hennig versus bret hart for the intercontinental championship from SummerSlam 1991 coming up and I want to run a couple of ideas by you as well uh, as we go into like match number 18 of our top 100 matches to see. Uh, we're getting pretty close to having to think about what we're going to do to replace that once it's gone. Uh, so I wanted to run an idea by you. Uh, but first, I want to make mention of a great sponsor, uh, Dollar Shave Club. Everybody, dollarshaveclub.com slash ropes is the place to go. Try your first month free. Join the Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club delivers amazing razors right to your door for a third of the price of what greedy razor corporations charge. Seriously, you have no reason now to go to the drugstore. You don't have to deal with that hassle. You don't have to deal with, you know, $20 razors here and there ever again. Just by joining the Dollar Shave Club right now at dollarshaveclub.com slash ropes. You can try out the Executive Blade. You can try out Dr. Carver's Shave Butter. This stuff is amazing. I've tried out the samples. Jeff is jealous. He's begging me daily to get these samples sent to him so he can try them out because he's heard so many great things. Your brother uses the stuff. With Dollar Shave Club, you can look, smell, and shave like a million bucks without paying for it. And right now, guys, here's your chance to see why over 3 million members like me love the Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club is so confident in the quality of all their products 
you can get your first month of the club for free. All you have to do is pay shipping. After that, it's just a few bucks a month. There is no long-term commitment, no hidden fees. There is no reason not to do it, guys. Join me. Join the club. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash ropes. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash ropes. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at crapgame13. Follow the show and myself at Shake Them Ropes. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and so much more. Just visit your favorite podcasting platform and search for Shake Them Ropes. I want to thank everyone who's already subscribed to us and are listening to this show. It is time for WWE Clash of Champions. Not Clash of the Champions, everybody. Clash of a few champions. A few of the champions. All of the ones on the Raw side, including the Cruiserweight Championship. We've talked a little bit about it. It is time to... Uh, preview tj perkins brian kendrick it is tj perkins debut on the wwe main roster yes it was a little surprising he was not on raw i thought for sure once brian kendrick won tj perkins would come out and kind of do a face-off or even a handshake or some type of deal to promote the match on sunday we did not get that tj perkins is going to defend successfully his cruiserweight championship and i would go about 99.8 percent on that Oh, yeah, and I think they're going to establish Kendrick as the heel of this division in this match, the dirty heel, as opposed to kind of the sympathetic story. So, yeah, no, and I think I think the match will be good. Um, I think it'll be a little bit more toned down than you're used to on the network but from the Cruiserweight Classic series, but I think it'll still be a great match. I didn't realize it was all the way back in 2009 when he was cut. I thought maybe 2011. Eh, I I guess CM Punk won the world title in 2011, so maybe I'm just getting my sense of history so far wrong. But 2009 seemed like a long time, like seven years since Brian Kendrick was even on the main roster. Seemed like a really Mm -hmm. long time, but hey, he's getting the second chance. He's he's making the most of it. This was a top three character in the Cruiserweight Classic, but also TJ Perkins was a top three character too. Like those were two of the three top guys in the Cruiserweight Classic. Uh, in my money and TJ Perkins getting this win and this match itself uh, should make not only Josh Matthews ashamed, but this is going to make <laughs> a lot of fans of TJ Perkins. I think uh, it is the match number seven. I mean, it's been a little bit, it's been a week and a half since we've talked on shake them ropes, Jeff. And in that time, Cesaro has won two straight matches to even it up and earn match number seven. Uh, was there any surprise that this was going seven matches? <laughs> is that a serious question or a facetious? Question? Hey, maybe. Of course hey, not. Hey, I I think some people thought it was going to be a sweep. Really, uh, this would get, this would be the first time where they, you know, Sheamus just went in there and swept. It didn't well, happen the, that way. It, it was funny because there were those rumors that Cesaro's contract was coming up that spread around Twitter, which made you double check, and then people came and smacked down with facts finally. But no, and I think Cesaro probably wins for the comeback and. In their mind, they've rebuilt Cesaro after a best of seven. I uh, I like your idea. I really do. The more I think about it, because I didn't really think much of that. Uh, the idea that Cesaro wins and he forces Foley to give him a championship opportunity and like Foley has to work with Daniel Bryan to to make this happen. Like it's an interpromotional match just to help mm-hmm. Cesaro out and, and fulfill the contract. Uh, that's interesting. So yeah, Cesaro and Sheamus. Uh, probably, you know, a good 12-minute hard-fought battle, uh, letting the guys go out there and show what's good for them. Um, you know, it's it's sad that Sheamus is such an afterthought at times now because I was a really big fan of Sheamus when he was feuding with Triple H, their WrestleMania 27-ish time. I thought Sheamus was going to be a big deal. And he's he's a guy you can put in the main event scene, and they've put him in the main event scene as recently as last December, right? Like he's a guy you can fit in there and it seems like he should fit. Uh, but in a way he just doesn't. Okay. Quick question. What are the chances that Seamus wins this and then goes on into the main event scene with a Rollins or even an Owens? Like Rollins and Seamus is your next big feud. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past him. I I wouldn't call it awful either. Like it's, it's a way to go. Uh, but that if they do that, that would seem like Sheamus is just a placeholder until Triple H comes back to wrestle and comes yeah. back to wrestle Seth Rollins. Uh, but I, I wouldn't take the title away from... Well, we'll talk about this Kevin Owens-Seth Rollins match, but I, I wouldn't take the title away from Kevin Owens to feud him with Sheamus, and I wouldn't... Right. Uh, or to feud Seth Rollins with Sheamus at all. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, Sheamus is a guy, and he's a guy that can fit in that scene, but I'm hoping Cesaro wins. I, I would like to see a Cesaro win in this, and some creativity as far as his championship match. Uh, mm-hmm. We got to talk about this pre-show match. We kind of skipped it around. 
It is Alicia Fox and Nia Jax in a grudge match. Nia Jax and Alicia Fox, who you got? Nia Jax has already destroyed her once. I don't expect anything different. No shocking Alicia Fox win? What else is there unless they put a stipulation on this of some kind? I I don't understand it. And, and you know, it's kind of repetition. They're going to do this to get Nia over a bit more. But, you know, and I like Alicia. I'd like to see the return of crazy Alicia in this match. That'd be nice. Is but this, other than uh, that, I don't, this is, doesn't, I mean, this doesn't really intrigue me all that much in terms of the result. Is this where Paige returns? Oh, dear Lord. I forgot that was on the table. Paige and Nia um, Jax, maybe? Pa- I mean, I, I wouldn't suspect Paige to be in the world title picture for the women, but uh, you know what? Nia Paige, Jax, Paige, 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 Paige saves Alicia. How about that? Hey, yeah. From post-match beating. They've been okay, buds yeah, before on the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then that way, you know, Paige is quote-unquote on TV, but she's not on TV, so right. to speak. Yeah. Rusev and Roman Reigns. It is finally happening. Happening. After weeks and weeks of clamoring for this battle for the U.S. title to happen. It's finally going down. Singles match for the U.S. championship. Roman Reigns and Rusev. And I'm uh, maybe worried isn't the right word. Uh, but I think Roman Reigns is winning, and he's winning the belt. They gave him a a win over the champion in a non-title match on Raw, which is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. So, yes. Would I expect any less? No. So, I, I just... What is Roman Reigns going to do with the U.S. title? Other than win He's going to defend it proudly for point. America. Oh, God, they're going to turn him into... Oh, this is a new face character for Roman Reigns to play after he's screwed up all the other ones. He's now patriotic American. I want... I want Standing Rusev for and, the pledge. I swear, sure. if they do the anthem before the U.S. title match and Rusev takes a knee and Roman oh. Reigns is there standing... <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that, but my God, they, they would do something like that, wouldn't they? You go out there and stand, Roman. Stand for America. Oh, jeez. Tell these yeah. punks who keep kneeling down and raising fists or doing anything. Just tell them to shut up and sit down. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my not Vince Vince impression. Vince may not even be there. Vince hasn't been on TV for a month. He hasn't been at TV for a month. He's probably getting wired into his house. You think Vince might be uh, getting tired of the old grind there? And maybe uh, maybe he wants to lighten up the schedule. Like, he's hurt right now. He's not going to TVs. Maybe he's liking it. Maybe he's liking life off the road every Monday and Tuesday. Great. As long as he's no longer part of the writing team, I'd be fine with that. I don't know. I don't know. Some people are just wired. And Vince seems like a guy who's wired. He's just going to work until he can't work anymore. Like, literally, oh, yeah. like he's dead. But- oh, I, I bet you he's, he's back there in a wheelchair, like Ironside. Or something like that, where he's just you know still barking or look at me, I'm a, I'm working through my injury. Er, 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 I'm a real man. Oh, crap. He'd be in an he would be backstage in an iron lung that was shipped in, and just oh, typing. He's gonna put his no. When Vince McMahon dies, he's gonna put his brain in a jar and you know have like teletype come across, kind of like that Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, there was there was that movie with Ben Kingsley that just, and Ryan Reynolds that just came out like recently in the last year where they did that. They put the old brain in the young body and chaos starts yeah. happening. Like Vince yeah, McMahon, that, you know. Yeah, I put in a robot like Monsieur, like like the brain in Monsieur Mala. He'll have like a talking French gorilla. Maybe that's where Paul London's around. been. Uh, maybe Paul London is just hibernating somewhere because he's the body that Vince wants to put his brain into. <laughs> I don't know why I thought Paul London. It just seems like those would be a perfect fit. I think I think it'll be a Paul. I think come in here, Paul. I got a favor for you to do. Any random Paul. Paul Lee comes in and. <laughs> Gets the gets the Vince McMahon brain. Okay. Sami Zayn, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is coming in, I believe, as the heavy favorite. Sami Zayn is the underground upstart. Can Sami Zayn pull off the upset on Chris Jericho? I love your FM DJ voice. Um, coming at you. Jer- Doesn't Jericho kind of have to win? keep building up Does the he? eventual split with his best friend split with the I, best I friend uh, chris jericho was funny on raw i thought i uh, you know brought back yeah. the uh, list gimmick that was cool Sami Zayn seems to be going nowhere on this main roster like he's going nowhere he's been exactly. in title matches he's been in great matches with kevin owens i love the matches he got 
He's going nowhere. Like the somewhere for Sami Zayn to go would be some type of storyline in the cruiserweight division. Like that's where his place kind of is, but he's too big for that division and he's too charismatic for anything else. And he's being in this match with Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho right now is living out his like pro wrestling fantasy booking because he only works the people that he thinks it's cool to work with. And hey, if I had that stroke, I would do the same thing. No shot at Chris Jericho, but the dude is working the Sami Zayn's Finn Balor. When he comes up to the main roster, he was working with Finn Balor on the house shows. Uh, This guy's working with Kevin Owens, AJ Styles. Who gets AJ Styles first program? It's Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is living oh, yeah. out all of his fantasy power Rest, booking wrestling fantasy. It's camp. crazy. That's what he gets. And yeah. hey, the guy's getting away with it. So good for him. But yeah, now it's Sami Zayn's turn. And uh, Chris Jericho is notorious for winning these matches. So yeah, we could very well see Sami Zayn losing to Chris Jericho, who is Kevin Owens' buddy. So Sami Zayn mm-hmm. will have lost to Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens' buddy here in a span of what, three weeks? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, and Bailey. It is now a triple threat match. After once being Bailey versus Charlotte, after once being Sasha Banks versus Charlotte, it is now a triple threat match. And this provides the leeway for Charlotte to kind of retain her championship yet again. I am absolutely both frustrated and confused with this match because <laughs> you remember 18 months ago or so, when we were talking about NXT, I said, you watch, they're going to use Sasha and Bailey to get Dana Brooke over. Here we are. I, everything logic says that in order to continue building up this division, either Sasha or Bailey has to win this title to start their jealousy over the feud. And then eventually Sasha costs Bailey the title or, what have you, and gives it back to Charlotte. But everything on Raw says they're building for Charlotte and Dana Brooke, a feud nobody wants to see. A feud where one may actually end up injuring the other, but never mind that. And it's not I think even... this match is... This match is going to be great. I, yeah. think. I think this match is going to be super. Oh, yeah. But the logic, the logic of the story is killing me here, Rob, because you have to have... Either Bailey steal a win from Sasha here to start the jealousy train there and then have her lose it back to Charlotte, I think. Or you have to have Sasha steal a pin from Bailey in some way to say, look, this is the big leagues now, kid. But everything says that that Charlotte's winning this, which basically makes Sasha and Bailey a B feud that means nothing other than a long build to split the friendship, which they've already started to do. So... I agree with you. I think Charlotte's winning this. I just don't know why. I would go with Charlotte too. I And it's not even that Dana Brooke versus Charlotte is a feud that I don't want to see because I do. Like, I like Dana Brooke. I'm a fan of Dana I Brooke. I do too. I like, I like her. I just, I'm not a fan of her in-ring stuff. I don't know if right away is the time. Like, the Dana Brooke thing is a, is a, uh, is a program, is a character that could really do well with a slow simmer. But they already turned her face once and turned her back. Well, they've been She's turning now- her back and forth and back and forth. And and who knows? Emma, you know, Emma is on the comeback trail. Uh, she's been trained to uh, or she's been cleared to train. And at some point soon, she might that. be cleared to wrestle. And well, give me Emma. Give me Emma and Charlotte. Yes. Well, please. give me Emma and Charlotte, but give me Emma with Dana Brooke, because the best thing either of them have done is when they were together. Mm-hmm. Let them be together again. Let them be best friends who hate everyone else. Let Emma. Look, I like having I like having a a a B story of Sasha and Bailey. Don't get me wrong. I just don't have the confidence that they're going to be able to build it back up into an A level story mm-hmm. by the time WrestleMania comes around, and especially when you start hearing that the WrestleMania plan is Dana Brooke versus Charlotte, which is ludicrous in my opinion. But that's me. It's like they didn't even watch anybody on nxt it's like okay yeah, but yeah charlotte's the winning. struggle the struggle to bring up an nxt star and make them as relevant on the main roster as they were in nxt that struggle is real uh, it took struggle a while for sasha banks it took a while for charlotte and, and it's it 
It hasn't really taken a while for Bailey, but they're on the verge of ruining it for Bailey, which is sad to see. Well, I mean, it's weird. It's weird because in the process of three weeks, they bring up Bailey after two weeks and she's, she's one of the hottest things in that division. And they give her the title match. Then they bring Sasha back to, to bring, to give her her comeback when they probably should have held that off. And then they turn Dana Brooke face for a little while and turn her back heel in the process of the same show. It's like, they're purposely undercutting anybody with any momentum in the same division as Charlotte for some reason. And I don't understand that. I don't understand how no one can get, I mean, how, how they'll look at that and go, well, we're not going to give any of these three, any momentum going into a match with Charlotte. It's just weird. But the match itself should be good. And we look it up and down this card. We haven't talked about a bad match on this show yet. Uh, Maybe the Alicia Fox and I Jax, but it's on the pre-show so far. The first five matches we've talked about, I mean, I don't see a bad one in the bunch. No, not not in those, no. Ne- but then we get to the tag team title match. Bingo. <laughs> Big E, Kofi Kingston, maybe Xavier Woods somewhere in there. The New Day defending the World Tag Team Championships of Raw against Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. And both of these teams entertaining in their own way. I, I've liked Gallows and Anderson for the most part. Some of the segments lately haven't been that great or have that, haven't been that fun. Uh, New Day, again, up and down sometimes with the segments. But in the ring, I really love the New Day, uh, especially when it is Kofi Kingston and Big E. And we have the record for the longest tag team title reign in WWE that keeps being banted about. Uh, I think the New Day are going to win, but it definitely screams time for Gallows and Anderson to win uh, this Raw tag team title match to either further the story or do a little bit more in the tag team division on Raw. How do you see this one going? Because it's a coin flip for me. It's a coin flip for me, too, because Gallows and Anderson should have won this two pay-per-views ago. I... Do you think that but, the, the talking about history and the longest tag team title reign, I mean, are they, do you think they're taking that seriously? Do you think they're uh, really going to keep the titles on them just so they can say the new day are the longest tag team champions, or is this a smoke screen to, uh, to kind of just push them as a really important team and then have Gallows and Anderson come in and, and get the victory? I think, I think they're still pushing merchandise. So they get to keep the titles. I don't take the history part seriously, but I'm sure someone's lobbying for it. But overall, I mean, and I could see them wanting to put New Day versus Enzo and Cass and make that a program, even though neither would be a heel team necessarily. But I I just think, all right, we finally kind of got the club out of the comedy business. Thank God. Let's make them a killer tag team that these goofball comedy teams finally have to get their crap straight to to go up against. So I think the club should win here. I have no faith in that decision. I still think the New Day retains. I will go with the New Day retaining, uh, but yeah, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson certainly seem like this is the time. Uh, you have Hell in the Cell as the next pay-per-view, so that's interesting if you want to do some type of Hell in the Cell in the tag team division. Because honestly, up and down the card... Roman and Rusev seems like a match that you could do Hell in the Cell with, but that's about it. Maybe if you want to have a, a world title match in Hell in the Cell, Kevin Owens can make something out of a Hell in the Cell match with almost anyone. But the tag team division would be really interesting to do in Hell in the Cell, like an actual Hell in the sure. Cell match. So with the women. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Um, I don't either. Just, uh, you know. The, PG. the optics of it would the, yeah. yeah the optics of it would just be terrible. Same but, with the cruiserweights. You know. Not doing cruiserweights in the uh, in the Hell in a no. Cell match. Hell in a Cell, they get lost. the The cell cage would would cover up those skinny skinny dudes. <laughs> that was my other Vince. That was my tired, iron lunged out Vince impression right there. Don't, oh, that was nice. Don't put the skinny dudes in the cage. And then he falls asleep slowly. Do you think Vince sleeps more than three hours a night? No, I would I say that, maybe four. I'd say maybe the, four. I'd say the over unders on four hours and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's the over under. And I would go the under. Honestly, I would go the under. We have Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, the WWE universal championship of the world. Kevin Owens defending against Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins has this storyline now where he is. Uh, he's going up against Stephanie. We think. He's going up against Triple H, we think. He's going to prove that he was indeed the guy they should be 
behind, which has basically been the <laughs> Seth Rollins storyline. That was the storyline for him from WrestleMania of last year. Uh, the storyline mm-hmm. continues, uh, but now there's a little bit of a schism between Seth Rollins and the authority. Uh, is it all for not? Is he still with the authority? Is Kevin Owens maybe uh, on the way for a babyface run or both of these guys going to end up heels for someone else for Roman Reigns when he inevitably rises back to the top? Uh, a lot of questions. Jeff, you must now provide me all of the answers. Gee, he's also having matches that don't mean anything against Kevin Owens and jumping off the top of a cage six six days before he's supposed to have a the biggest match of his quote-unquote career, which, again, logic, people. Well, Seth Rollins uh-huh. is crazy. He is crazy. He is a CrossFit master, and he does not believe he's going to get injured ever. It may happen sometimes, but he doesn't believe it's going to happen to him. He believes he is bulletproof, and now he is built stronger and better and faster. So why not? Why not Seth Rollins just jump off the top of a building onto somebody? If it's going to mean Kevin Owens goes into the match on Sunday weaker, I could see Seth Rollins doing far crazier things than jumping off the top of a cage. I honestly have no idea who the baby face and the heel is going to be in this dynamic going forward after this because i could see some situation where stephanie tries to win the match for seth kind of like how triple h did for kevin owens but being thwarted and then that kind of turns kevin owens babyface or i could see them both being kept as heels but i think you know the obvious pick would be seth rollins turning baby and eventually reuniting with roman in some way mm-hmm. for a story but He's not winning the title. I think Kevin Owens retains. And I think Stephanie probably, they probably reveal Stephanie as being in cahoots with Hunter. Well, yeah, there's something going on there. I mean, there has to be. Uh, and, and we'll find out, you know. But I mean, I, they reveal it for the, they reveal it for this match. And gosh, they, it turns out Mick, Mick Foley's, yeah. Mick Foley's been a sap. Mick Foley's been a sap. Well, of course he's going to end up being a sucker, but I don't know if they reveal whatever Triple H is doing yet. I think maybe they wait till Survivor Series. Uh, I, I don't know if they reveal it yet. Okay. I, uh, I'm, I don't, I'm fine with that too. I don't know. The timing, the timing is always suspect with WWE sometimes, but hey, mm-hmm. it's an intriguing pay-per-view. I mean, Kevin Owens in the main event defending the World Championship of Raw is very intriguing. All of the matches that we talked about, I mean, there are A-plus matches up and down this card. So storylines be damned, really. Going into Sunday, this is a card that looks great from top to bottom and should be a very enjoyable two and a half to three hours that is also the other thing I'm looking forward to, uh, to see if they go all three hours on the Raw show. They certainly have the depth to do it, uh, and having extra an extra hour of television means they have the larger roster. They can fill out the pay-per-views better. It's not just about filling out TV. They can fill out their pay-per-views better than it looks like the SmackDown side can, and that might mean WWE treats the Raw pay-per-views as a little bit bigger of a deal. Because you're going to get all three hours, you're getting bigger matches, you're getting more star power up and down, whereas SmackDown's going to feature star power on the top, but a lot of the mid-carders and, and former low-carders all throughout the rest of the show. This is going to be the first time where we really can compare a Raw versus SmackDown pay-per-view presentation, and that is one of the things I'm really looking forward and interested in seeing how they do it. Yeah, and I expect an added match in here. I expect Enzo and Cass versus the Shining Stars in and, some way. Yeah, Enzo and Cass, Shining Stars. Uh, what else would we? James Elworth? Uh, Elworth versus somebody? Bo Strowman. Dallas? Strowman. Braun Strowman comes Braun, in yeah, somewhere. Braun, Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman maybe versus uh, Rich Swan, perhaps? No, God, no. Don't want to do that one. Don't want to do that one quite yet. You know what you want to do, folks, though? We've been telling you about these guys for a long time on this show. Mac Weldon at MacWeldon.com. Go to MacWeldon.com. Use promo code VOICES, that is promo code V-O-I-C-E-S, and you can get 20% off your first order. Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. They believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. We've used the website, guys. Jeff and I have both perused this website, MacWeldon.com. Use promo code VOICES. This is one of the easiest shopping websites you will ever find. You go there, If you want t-shirts, if you want premium fabrics, if you want underwear, socks, shirts, everything is labeled right out of the gate. You don't have to dig around the website to find what you want. It's super easy. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally 
antimicrobial. And what does that mean, guys? It means they're not going to smell. They eliminate the odor. When I do these dry fit shirts, that's the biggest thing I have to worry about. And at MacWeldon.com, get your 20% off using promo code voices. You can get the silver underwear line and not have to worry about stinking in your dry fit. You can go there right now, 20% off. Promo code voices, MacWeldon.com. Jeff says it is a must. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait to leave me hanging. I have nothing to add. Wait to leave oh, me it hanging. Wasn't that. It was like it's like okay, why are you throwing it to me when I don't? When you know what I I like Mac Weldon, but uh, this doesn't yeah. this doesn't bode well for your improv career, Jeff. Uh, yeah, there's there's lots of money to be made in improv. Is improv <laughs> a uh, is improv? It doesn't seem like it's a dying business. Has it always just been kind of like you use improv to get to higher and greater things? Yeah, mostly you do it for. I mean. The plan is if you want to be famous, you do it to get into sketch to get into sketch writing and then you kind of use that to market yourself. I mean, but it's useful on set. It's a, it's a tool as a performance art. It can seem a bit self-indulgent. So after, you know, after like like you're, like they say, you know, once you've invited your friends once they've seen it, so they don't want to come back Yeah, because they just think, well, it, it's like a it's like marching band. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's important to you and your friends who do it. But to everybody else, they just think you're dorks. So, <laughs> oh, poor Jeff. Oh, well, whenever no, I, you I uh, whenever you come out to Indiana, I'll have to go see a show from Billy Hawk or whatever your group may be yeah. at that time. Yeah. Oh, oh, speaking of which, if what you want to go to my Twitter, if you want to go to my Twitter account and listen to a podcast about improv and me talking about it, dropped this week. It's the pinned tweet. First one is called the Pack Theater, which is the theater my guru and my partner both opened with Miles Stroth and we talk a little improv. We do a 30 minute set, which doesn't necessarily translate on the radio, but or on in audio form, but it's still kind of entertaining. And it's a little bit of a peek behind the curtain of my mental process and things of that nature. A little bit more about my life, so to speak. (laughs) There there you go. That was Jeff Hawkins, master salesman pitching Uh, you on a podcast. He was on by saying it's kind of entertaining. Well, no, no, no. I didn't mean it. Well, I mean, it's, it's just a weird, it's it, improv, such a visual form and a live form. So it's weird over the radio. Yeah. Roy Apes, you know, the audio thing. Sure. Uh, going, going back to wrestling. I think SmackDown's a, still a very solid show. I'm, I'm liking the build for Becky Lynch and Alexa bliss. Hey guys. Um, I'm liking, you know, most of the stories are very straight ahead. I thought that Dolph Miz match over delivered oh, yeah. this week. It was super great. Well, you have Miz in there. Who's a, who's a seasoned vet and a pro and great. And he carried and Dolph Ziggler to a he's, fantastic he's match. Proving his, he's proving his point from talking smack. Well, he's but, still doing good yes. matches and great. being very safe. Yeah. He's awesome. He can be safe. He doesn't have to be this crazy guy who has to retire at 40 because of head injuries. Mm-hmm. And, and the dude's got a Becky, point. That, that was Becky and Alexa's best promos yeah. of their careers since well, being signed, I think. Well, it's the first time Becky Lynch has really had something on the main roster to sink her teeth into. And yes, I'm counting the Divas Re- Revolution and I'm counting the build up yeah. to WrestleMania. This is the first time well, where she was, she's been given the spotlight to herself to really sink into a program against one person one on one. Yeah, and when she did that on the NXT roster against Sasha, she was brilliant. Yes. So, yes, more of it. Give Becky Lynch time, everybody. Give Becky Lynch time. Uh, speaking of time, Mr. Perfect and Bret Hart, in 1991 at WWE SummerSlam from Madison Square Garden, had an Intercontinental Championship match that we are now going to give time to. It is Mr. Perfect defending the Intercontinental title against Bret Hart. SummerSlam 1991 is match number 18 on the top 100 matches to see on WWE Network before you die. Match number 18, before we get into the match itself and our thoughts on Kurt Hennig and Bret Hart, uh, what'd you think overall after reviewing this one again? I watched it twice. I watched it a couple weeks ago, and then I watched it tonight. At first viewing, I wasn't that impressed, but then I read something that I had never realized about Kurt Hennig and his state here. Kurt Hennig was more or less unofficially retired going into this match. Because he had a broken tailbone and three bulging discs, and he needed back surgery, uh, possibly back fusion surgery. So this was going to be a one-time match for him to come in and drop the title to Bret Hart and pass that torch, and then he was going to go get surgery, which kept him out for a couple of years. I never realized that, and the bumps he's taking here makes him a hero. It 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 totally re 
prioritize how I watched this match and how good it was. Um, it's it's nothing earth shattering in terms of work rate or moves or anything of that effect, but it's very simple. It's very straight ahead. And there's a lot of really good little things in here. I like like both competitors at one point get fed up with the Hebner in the ring and start kind of berating him and and Hennig kind of pushes him. And that's where you get that classic Gorilla Monsoon Bobby Heenan interplay of the well, he could get DQ'd that way. Yeah, you don't want that. Well, he could keep the belt. Hit him as hard as you can. I just, I loved that because this is the time when Bobby Heenan has, is being transitioned into being a full-time broadcaster, which is why you have the coach, John Tolis, in his last appearance in the WWE. He was brought in as kind of a temporary fail-safe for guys who didn't have managers at that time, and 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 especially for Perfect, because Heenan was getting put into the the booth. So Tolis was kind of paired with AWA guys. He was He was paired with the Beverly Brothers, and then with Mr. Perfect until Perfect was going to take some time off. And this is kind of Tolis' swan song, even though all he really did as, as coach was blow that whistle kind of like uh, Bill Alfonso would do later in ECW. But um, yeah, no, on, on second viewing in the last month, I really, really enjoyed this match a lot more. And Hennig, <laughs> his state of disrepair of his dress, but just powering through this match and taking the wild bumps he did in his condition should be much more appreciated. The only bad thing about this match is the, is the ending where he just taps out immediately to the sharpshooter. That's the only kind of low point of this match, yeah. but it's still a very, very solid match. The match is slow. It also shows, you know, Bret Hart was the baby face going in here, um, but he was also dealing, doing a lot of heel tactics, um, right. you know, basically evening up the the odds because Kurt Hennig wasn't afraid to do anything underhanded. And Bret Hart was showing that, yeah, he's not afraid to do it either uh, and that he could do it better. And and then it picks up, it picks up that finish. You talk about this, this finish. Kurt Hennig is on the offensive in a way. Uh, he kind of backs off from Bret Hart for a little bit, recovers, goes up to do a groin leg drop, just a regular groin leg drop, gets caught. On the ground now, both of these guys are laying their backs on the mat. Bret Hart is grabbing the leg that failed to connect from Kurt Hennig. And he just slowly wraps the legs around his, turns over, and there's the sharpshooter for the victory. And a quick tap out from Kurt Hennig. So uh, the match peaked a little bit before the finish there. And then the finish happened and we had a new Intercontinental Champion in Bret Hart. But what I was thinking mostly during this match is basically just memories of Kurt Hennig. Because I, I was a big Kurt Hennig fan in WCW. Uh, I And, you know, looking back, it's not like I had a ton of reason to be. You know, I just came in when Kurt Hennig was doing the Four Horsemen stuff and then did the big turn on the Four Horsemen. So it seemed like Kurt Hennig was one of the biggest deals on television because for all of the latter parts of what would it have been, 1997, uh, Kurt Hennig was a big star on Monday night on Monday night Nitro. He was the big focal point going up against the four horsemen as the new member of the NWO. Uh, so I was a big fan of the Kurt Hennig stuff uh, from WCW. Oh, yeah. And now, now I watch this old stuff from AWA and especially, you know, early stages of his WWF stuff. And, you know, it, it's just more to remember Kurt Hennig by. I, I love the look. Yeah. I loved what he did. I love the finisher, the perfect plex, how simple and, but just amazing. It looked like, and uh, yeah, big fan of Kurt Hennig. I was a big fan of the body glove gear. Always mm -hmm. was, yeah, but yep. but it, it reminded me of the the infamous prime time wrestling when they were still doing the table round and and uh, Heenan and Perfect are sitting next to each other and and Perfect agrees to be, uh, I believe it's is it Ramones or Randy Savage's partner against Ric Flair and that that got him back into the ring and eventually into that feud that led to Flair going back to. W or WCW. I forgot that predates your fandom, but, but that's a epic, epic confrontation between him and Heenan on primetime and Gorilla Monsoons just feeding that. I love the spot here, and it was obviously kind of improvised, I think, in a way where Hennig knocks, and I still call him Hennig. I, that, that always drove me nuts when, when they didn't. He's Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig. And then they just dropped the Kurt Henning to call him Mr. Perfect. I was like, well, what happened to his name? They never call him that anymore. Mr. Perfect. But, That's what happens. But say la vie. Anyways, 
when when he crotches Bret Hart on the top rope and then he just kind of collapses off the top turnbuckle into yeah. a pinning combination yep. and just looks at Hebner and Hebner wasn't expecting that at all. But then but then, you know, Hennig continues heightening the bit by getting up and just shoving Hebner <laughs> around. I just I loved that entire that entire sequence. Yeah, a uh, big fan of this match. Match number 18, historical significance. You want to see one of the better Kurt Hennig matches? I mean, this is definitely one of the top few to go check out. Mm-hmm. One of the great the network, last, yeah. yeah, one of the last great Mr. Perfect matches, of course, because uh, he wrestled for quite a bit longer after this match. But uh, really, this was his peak uh, here yes. at SummerSlam 1991. Next week on the show, it is Wrestle War 1989, match number 17, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Ric Flair. Ooh, part of that trilogy. Yeah, looking forward to that. That 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 ties into the one we did a couple weeks ago, um, with uh the two great the two great feuds of '89 were Steamboat Flair and then Flair Funk. Yep. So yeah. Yep, and we have uh, this is the first actually of a couple of Ric Flair Ricky Steamboat matches in the next few weeks as the match number eleven is the Shy Town Rumble. So we're getting Rick, yeah. we're getting a good portion of Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat here. In the next couple Buckle of months up. here on Shake Them Ropes. That's right. <laughs> Buckle up, everybody. Uh, Shake Them Ropes, episode 175. Follow us on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes, Jeff at Crap Game 13. But I wanted to mention, because here we are, we're, get, we're heading into match number 17 of our top 100. We mm-hmm. are, I mean, hell, towards the end of this year, we're going to be done with this list. Towards Christmas time, we are going to be finishing mm-hmm. up, wrapping up this list. And the big question out there is, what are we going to do? to replace the top 100 going away. What, what is next on the docket for shake them ropes uh, in this kind of themed series? You know, one of the options was uh, maybe matches that are new to the network. Since this uh, list took place, what would be like five additions to the list that we would make of matches that took place over the last two years, because this list came out about two years ago at this point. Uh, so that's always something that we can kind of look at. Um, I got the suggestion in, I won't say the user's name, uh, but uh, I got a DM on Twitter in the last week that suggested we replace it with something looking at the independent promotions across the world, like a weekly, uh, you know, better know an indie type segment where we spend 10 minutes talking about a different independent promotion or maybe something we discover, maybe an independent promotion we don't even know about or watch, but we take a moment to watch some uh, recent videos or matches and kind of talk about it. Uh, what do you think about that? A weekly uh, a weekly get-to-know-an-indie type segment? I think it's fine. I want to intersperse it with a little bit more of what I enjoy watching as well. Which you want to do some tag you know, teams the cla- in the, the 70s? The- the, the cla- no, I'm not a 70s guy, but, you know, just classic matches. I mean, I'm fine, you know, just having a nice little hodgepodge. Maybe we have a rotating thing where it's like one week we do this, 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 you know, type of thing. Right. But if I, if or maybe, we do I, this or maybe I just maybe maybe I just make everybody happy and quit. No, <laughs> no. You know, I mean, it's weird because I don't want to I'd also don't want to trample on the voices flagship territory where they do independent wrestling and things of that nature. Yeah, they uh, independent Japanese wrestling and so forth. Yeah, because yeah, that's all yeah. they do. Right. It's Japanese wrestling. That's all voices of wrestling does. Yeah. But I don't know where we would find the time, because, I mean, if we do a segment looking at an indie every week, I may have to postpone every once in a while my NXT power rankings. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.